everybody, and welcome to Roasted Games. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we have a lot of plays to talk about, a lot of varied and interesting games. Um, of course, we always have that, but it just seems today is a little extra special for some reason. Mainly it's just the weather is perfect for inside gaming. Yes. <laughs> it feels magical, a magical time for inside people. <laughs> today is super interesting. So uh, we'll just jump right into it right away because uh, we have a lot to talk about in our plays that we've been playing, our games we've been playing recently. So let's do that first. Let's um, do. Last game night was a fun one um, for me because I got to play a game that I haven't played ever, but uh, Bill talks about it a lot because it's one of his faves, if not his fave completely, I it, think. It is a it is a top 10 and, for me, for sure, all time. Yeah, and that game is uh, Stockpile. Um, Stockpile is a really cool like a, a game that sort of represents the stock market. Um, and it's got a cool Denver connection as well, which is always nice to play uh, games that were uh, developed in locally. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, that was my first experience with it, and it was it was amazing. It's one of those games that I was super bummed that it is very hard to to get a version of these days. Yeah, it is it is out of print. The last time that uh, I brought it and played it was uh, Jeff had tried to he left and he tried to go get it and. He couldn't. He found it like on eBay for like two hundred dollars. He's like, I'll pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it it is a really really good game if you know anyone who has it, or if you can, you know, go to your local game store and if they have it in their demo shelf or something, it's definitely worth a play. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bidding game basically at its core because you are you're kind of lobbying and bidding for these stock piles, these piles of stocks. I literally almost. Um, <laughs> And uh, but you're also at this really cool fluctuating market system within the game that is directly and indirectly affected by each player, um, and and so it's it's got this cool fluctuation within the system of the game where you can kind of plan ahead and you can get enough planning ahead where you really can build a strategy around it, but there's definitely going to be some something that's going to thrown in your way that's going to be like oh uh, I did not expect that now I have a decision to make yeah there's there's uh, there's six stocks. And then there's uh, like six pieces of information. Uh, everyone knows uh, two pieces of information, their own and the public information. So of the six different stocks that could go up, down, or pay dividends, every person knows secretly one stock that's going to go up or down, publicly a stock that's going to go up or down, and that's it. So uh, they do know, we do all know kind of what the ratio of uh, pluses to minuses and dividends are. So if we say, see a negative out there and we have a negative, we can deduce that all the others are either positive or uh, going to um, pay dividends. Uh, so you can kind of guess some information, but there is a selling phase before everybody reveals. So there's also a chance, um, especially if you're an early player to kind of bluff and if you know something's going to boom and split, then you maybe you have three or four of them and you sell one. And then everyone panics and thinks, oh my gosh, he must he must know it's going down. So then <laughs> maybe everybody liquidates theirs and you're like, ha, suckers, I'm, my stock's splitting because it's going up plus four. And so it's there, there's a lot of really fun ways to not just play the game, but to play each other without being take that. Uh, so you're not really doing anything 
to another player. You're just kind of, you know, you have you have the opportunity to bluff a little and play around, and there, there's some some decent social interaction there, which I I really enjoy, especially with the right crowd. Yeah, and you really can do a, a short-term strategy where you're you're playing the market a lot and you're trying to play those odds or calculate those odds of what's about to happen, and then be trading or selling stocks to per- or to have more money in the future rounds or, I mean, just gather money in the early rounds for the future um, or just do the long run um, game. And I like <laughs> I was I was learning the game. I didn't like sell anything until I think <laughs> the second to last turn. And I, yeah. I definitely would, wouldn't recommend that strategy specifically. It's more fun to engage, I'd say, with selling. But it's also not a terrible option depending on what stocks you have. You're carrying them through the whole run of the game. You can kind of see that they're hovering above uh, towards the higher end. And uh, yeah, it just has these great things that trigger, like the doubling of stock or the booming of stocks, where they double in value, and suddenly it's 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 like, whoa, that's way more than I expected. So now do I even hold on even more and try to get that double price? So you you just feel this greed yeah. overtaking you. Or when it goes back up to eight or nine, do you like sell it for right. double? And you're like, oh man. But, but it then it also again. <laughs> it also counts for double when talking about having the most of, of a particular stock at the end. So uh, do you keep it for that for the ten thousand dollar bonus? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of really, really cool choices, uh, a lot of fun ways to, to play each other and, uh, in, in the right crowd, which we definitely had, uh, it goes over really well. It's always gone over really well. I've never, um, really had any issue. I I had one time where, uh, a couple of non-gamers, total non-gamers, we tried to play it with and they just did not understand it which um, I, I didn't really get, but they, um, I, I don't know. It, it didn't go over well at that point, but... Um, they were like new gamers, like, like totally new gamers? Totally. Or? Yeah. Brand, like they they liked um, Cards Against Humanity, and that was like sure. it. So you're like, okay, well, let's, let's try something. Yeah, and it didn't go over real well, um, but this game is probably not for, you know, brand new players but i think that even early-ish gamers which we played with two uh gamers on um on game night this game that uh have just gotten into the hobby and have only played a handful of games and uh and it went over real well with them too so that's cool yeah it's it's a it's an interesting game that i i wish it would i i hope they do a reprint of this because it's definitely still popular i still hear stockpile talked about Mm. and it's definitely has a bit of its own not lore but kind of lore within the gaming community because it was very different when it came out and it was very widely recognized as a solid solid game I'm kind of surprised for i believe it was their first it's navu games is the publisher i believe it was their first yeah game. i think i think it was their first and it was yeah people were really surprised they're just it was blown away by these guys who who just kind of you know hit it out of the park right away yeah um, and so you hope that they would be able to reprint. And I know they've done, they did an expansion and they did a Kickstarter campaign for that expansion. Um, I think that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think there's two expansions is total it, is for, two? This, okay. for this game, but uh, they're out of print as well. And um, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I would think that if they were to take it back to Kickstarter or even just try and do a pre-order for uh another printing i can't imagine they'd have a tough time selling out so yeah i actually went to kickstarter right now and looks there's actually a i'm not sure this is even active but it looks like it is a late pledge auction option for the stockpile listed investments inspection expansion uh, which is including which has an option for stockpile on every expansion that it's ever had 
And so that might be an option for those of you listening right now. That was that uh, was last huh. updated September of this year. So maybe it's still September seventeenth. So only a little bit, about a month ago. So maybe it is still viable. But um, beyond that, you can't really find it in stores outside of paying a ridiculous amount on eBay. So check that out if you're interested. It's definitely worth looking at. And if it seems slightly interesting to you, I would try to find it if you could and spend a reasonable lot of money because it's it's quite a good game and it's it's unique in. Uh, as compared to any other game that I've played, and a lot of games that do like stock markets are usually more sleazy feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and this did not feel sleazy. It just just feels really fun. And we played the base game, and um, the flip side of it is a much more dynamic and uh, strategic, um, um, asymmetrical board with uh, stock brokers that you can represent or have um, on your team that do things that are more just for you versus other people. So, it, so the game can actually be pretty more deep than it than the yeah. one we played and i really enjoyed the beginner game or the yeah base game. it can turn into a real gamery game if you if you play the advanced uh version with the traders uh traders not traitors <laughs> Traitor. um so yeah uh but yes yeah, stockpile that's that's a good one um, all right what else did we play last night or the other night we also um i recently got in the mail um dreams of tomorrow which is a um game from weird draft games and we interviewed carla with weird draft games back a few episodes ago so if you didn't hear that check it out uh this was one of her um previous kickstarters and again it's called dreams of tomorrow uh so dreams of tomorrow is and i'm reading this off of board game geek uh, Dreams of Tomorrow is a set collection shifting rondelle game about building dreams. Players are dream engineers trying to save their present by sending dreams to the past. That is the theme. Um, it The theme doesn't really shine through uh, to me personally. The artwork is beautiful. Um, the way that they do uh, the, the sets of dream cards where they kind of slightly change one thing and it's sort of if you go from beginning to end you see an event happening in the artwork it that's really really neat uh i like that a lot i like um the symbols that they have uh that kind of when you weave your dreams together that they match and give you more points um that's very cool and i understand how that works from a theme point of view um but you don't i i don't necessarily feel like the whole time I'm a dream engineer. I feel like I'm a board gamer playing a shifting rondelle set collection game. <laughs> um, but again, it is very pretty. It plays it plays pretty quickly, I thought. I thought it, uh, for for what it was, it was uh, didn't wear out its welcome or anything. No, not at all, yeah. Yeah, this is one that I would, I'd like to, um, I definitely want to play this again and experience because there's so many options in here like you said each so each card that you the dreams are in like these cards and on the dreams are the cost of them the um there's two types of costs to get the dream uh to your uh what is it called your your catcher dream catcher catcher, yeah and then your dream weaver yeah yeah so you catch the dream for a certain amount of um experience points and then you weave the dream with two other resources creativity and hope yeah and different numbers of those and values. And then also listed as the point value at the end of the game. And then a power that it does. And so there's some really cool things that it does, though. So each dream has an ability. And whatever dreams you've caught or the one 
uh, the top dream on your dream weaver are active actions that you can do. So the more dreams you incorporate or bring into your collection, you can do more things. Um, but the first time we played, it was it's, it was hard to figure out exactly what certain actions were beneficial for. At the yeah. end of the game, you could kind of see, oh, that's how I could have used that. And so it does create these strategy spiderweb options that you can follow, but it is hard to figure that out, especially on the first play, because there's just yeah, a like, lot of uh, abstractness to yeah, it. Yeah, there were a lot of these ones where uh, the, the main actions are chosen on this rondelle system, these cards that all get together and you can flip them and move them and um and then there's these the some of the dream actions are moving and flipping these rondelle cards and i'm sure there's a strategic like point like something you can really do to help yourself or to mess other people up with those but i really in my first play didn't really understand where the strategies with that are. And that may take a couple of plays to really see like, oh, okay, if I do this and switch this over here, then that puts me right next to my next action. It really screws these other guys because I know that he's going for this dream power and now he's really far away. Um, so, so I think there are ways to do that. I can't see it yet. I'm just not there. But... Um, to me, one of the interesting, like really interesting decisions is because you have the two locations, you have the um, dreams that you've caught and then the dreams that you've woven. Um, the one that you've caught, uh, all the ones that you've caught, you can use any of the powers on those cards when you land on the power spot on the rondelle. Um, but only the top card in your uh, dream, your actual dream that you've woven, uh, you can use. So... If you have some really powerful cards, your inclination is not to weave them right away because then maybe you lose another power that you really uh, are fond of using or what have you. But at the same time, you don't score for anything except for the ones in your woven dreams. Yeah. So if somebody else, and, and the game ends by we, somebody weaves five dreams. So if somebody's just going for the Zerg rush on this and, and busting out dreams in their weaver and you're sitting there uh, in your dream catcher just playing all these fun powers, uh, you're going to lose this game. Uh, you're going to lose it really badly yeah. um, in a dramatic fashion. So uh, it, there is that, that interesting choice of when do I bring it into the weave so that I can guarantee it'll score, but I potentially could you could lose that or another power um, uh, option. So I thought that was a, a fun choice. That that was probably one of the most interesting yeah choices to it me. It is because that I ended up coming in dead last in the game because I lost kind of lost track of how many um, dreams Bill and Kirsten had, and so at the end I was like, oh, I gotta, and then I had I think I was able to build one more, but it wasn't nearly enough. Uh, but I do like that 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 because uh, you feel really strong when you have all of these dreams in your catcher and all these actions available to you, but none of them count for anything. <laughs> right. The game. So it's like you feel powerful, but then you realize, oh, that was just a that was just a facade. <laughs> yeah. I am actually not the dream weaver. I have one dream, and it's about a rocket ship. <laughs> so Kirsten won this one. Um, if she had not managed to scrape together, and she literally got down to zeros to get this last card. Yeah. Um, had she not, I would have been able to weave my fifth one uh, on my turn. So it was, it was a squeaked out victory, <laughs> but a victory nonetheless. Yeah, well played by her because um, she would. It would have gone if she wasn't the player 
Well, she was. How does it work? She was last player, right? She was so last. That, she so ended it. So there was yeah. Bill and I didn't get another turn no. to try to do anything. But um, yeah, I would love to play. I really. I one thing it, I really did like. Speaking of kind of, I think I would agree with you that it does is abstract enough. So you kind of the theme doesn't really matter. You sort of just get into the machinations of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. But one thing that they really did great with the theme and did keep bringing us kind of like back to noticing things is the differences in the dreams. So there's only a few sets of dreams. They're the same, basically they're the same dream, but they, and these are very detailed, beautifully illustrated pieces of art. But what's really cool is each one is slightly different. Just like having, just like you would in a normal dream, something's a little off, something's a little skewed, something's a little bizarre. So there is like the spaceship um, dream and, uh, or there's one of the moon that's really beautiful and into this like uh, aurora borealis looking sky and it's just a beautiful picture by itself and then you pick up another one and you notice it's the same thing but then you notice like there's some trees that are different or there's the, the orientation slightly different and so there's really cool effects where yeah that's a lot of work for the art for a minor thing yeah. that brings you back into the game the one that to the has, dream sense the one that has the big moon that then the next one it's like all cracked and then the yeah. next one it's like, it's like in exploded. pieces yeah. and then the next one it's like falling apart and it's you're like really cool you can literally sit there and watch the story unfold of this of the moon just uh, crumbling. It's but so yeah, and that's just one example. And they all do that. So it's that, like trying that to, it almost feels like parts. it is trying to subtly, very subtly send you this message. So that so there is sort of this odd unreality when you do pay attention to the art of the game. And every once in a while you do because you're kind of waiting for your turn. And you're sort of looking at these beautiful images and you're like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's kind of weird. That wolf is really looking at me. <laughs> so, so there is, I definitely I didn't get that into it. But. <laughs> maybe it was just the headspace I was in when we were playing. It's very possible. Maybe you were tired. Hyper paranoid. <laughs> Am I dreaming now? Is this my dream? But, uh, but yeah, I, I would, I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's, it's, um, it's interesting. The Ron, the fact that the Rondell system, that's the one, like we we kind of went over this already, but just that's the one next time when we play, I really want to more engage with the man of, or affecting that because it feels yeah. like there's a lot we didn't tap into there outside of direction change, which is really cool and interesting. Um, that is like, how do I affect the Rondell without screwing myself over? <laughs> is there right. a way to, to be targeted? Um, or do you just have to f- change it constantly based on your needs of that round or as much as you can based on your needs and more uh, immediately versus like, I'm going to do this thing. And for the rest of the game, that's going to help me. Cause it doesn't really, because after probably a move or two, you're all kind of equidistant to everything. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think it has to be an immediate effect thing. Like, you know, somebody's going for something and now you cut them off from it or yeah, you're, you're too far away from something, but you know, if you shift this, you know that you won't have to spend resources to go extra, um, it, it, yeah, it's a really interesting, uh, almost kind of a build your own rondel, which I've totally wanted to work with in yeah. the design space, uh, before. So I, I think that's, that's really, really cool. Uh, it does play one to six, yeah, that's uh, which bonus. is, is very cool. Um, and there is an automa, um, uh, an AI, uh, there's an easy, a medium and a hard. So, uh, yeah, so if you're a solo gamer, uh, I've also heard exceptionally good things about this. I'm not much of a solo gamer myself. Uh, I know Kaz is. Maybe he'll sad game time it at some point. <laughs> but I would I would actually like to try the Automa system on this and see how, how it works. Because, um, yeah, I, I liked engaging with it. It was fun to play, and um, I, I would like to – I really want to check it out again and try to get deeper into some of the options that we didn't explore uh, last time. 
Okay. Okay. So um, we have, I think, one yeah, say, more. What else did we play? Uh, we played oh, horrified. horrified yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, we do this a lot. This is so funny behind the scenes. Uh, we get together a lot in order to record, and then we get distracted by a game, and before you know it, like, There's no time we to have record. to leave. And so we're like, well, maybe tomorrow? We're like, yeah, we have to focus we on have this to tomorrow. record tomorrow. So, uh, so this happened yesterday. Came over to record, got sidetracked, talking about other stuff. We ended up playtesting... Uh, what three or four designs? Yeah, some, uh, some that, of your classic. Yeah, you pulled them out of the. I had designed storage, a long yeah. time ago, and that we're gonna try and revise and actually make into playable games for roasted games. Um, and then we uh, we played Horrified, and Cass has played Horrified before. Uh, this was my first exposure to it, so of course I'm like, let's play with three monsters. <laughs> Cass is like, well, I've never played it's with like, ah, three monsters, okay. but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so three monsters is supposed to be a more difficult, but still doable. Yeah. Uh, four monsters is, you know, for Ridiculous. people who hate themselves <laughs> and just want to lose games. It's for people who like ghost stories. Right. The hardest game in the world, <laughs> which I'm going to talk about later, actually. Um, but uh, we played with three monsters. We played with, what, the mummy, Dracula, and the, uh, Invisible, the Invisible Man. Man. And uh, it went, it was surprisingly cool i had expected to like this game i'd expected to like it a lot um i did not expect to like it quite this much uh it's still in my head when i think target exclusive board game i know right i still think you know some sort of version of monopoly or something <laughs> hungry hippos re-release or something weird yeah like, that. like yeah. i was expecting like some sort of roll and move shoots and ladders <laughs> game with dracula um and it is awesome uh it's fully cooperative it's so immersive like the theme just oozes theme whereas dreams of tomorrow you have no idea what the theme is and you probably don't care that much Uh, this was all theme uh this game is just theme from beginning to end they they've uh they did a phenomenal job with it and so uh yeah, I, Kaz talked in depth, more in depth about it last week, so I don't think we're going to get into particular rule sets here. But we did play it, and I back up his recommendation a hundred <laughs> times over. I look forward to playing this uh, a lot more. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would, re- I would just second of that. It's been actually really fun. I, this is the game I've been playing the most of anything lately, <laughs> um, because Isaac and I will play a lot, and then Shelly and I will play um, as well, and so it's just. I just really love this game. I can't recommend it enough. I think it's going to be when we do our summarization of spooky games, it's probably going to be my top just because it's so different than any other, a lot of other horror games. It's very engaging and fun. And each monster plays differently. I had never played the mummy or the invisible man before. And those were super fun to engage with. The mummy's got a little, a little puzzle of uh, moving pieces puzzle. You got to rearrange correctly. And the invisible man is fun because he goes around and steals stuff from the board, which inhibits your advancement. And that's completely different from any other monster. Most of the other monsters just attack you. They don't do anything to affect the board. So each time I bring out a monster and try it, I'm always super happily surprised at how drastically different and how fun it is to battle against. Hmm. So we ended up losing, um, partly because we had a very distracted five-year-old <laughs> on our team who was uh, who he did actually pretty well, but he also there were some uh, suboptimal choices. <laughs> his his strategy was uh, was a little off, but. But uh, it was still fun to play, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it. I was hoping you would. 
yeah, it was really, really good. Um, so those were the small games All right. that we The played. lead up to the big, so <laughs> the big discussion. Last weekend, we had uh, a big, we do usually a decent sized like monthly game night, a game day um, at our friend Aaron's house. So Aaron, you heard on a previous interview as well. Um, and so we played a five player version, uh, full co-op of Nemesis. Now, uh, if you have never heard of Nemesis, uh, you should look it up on BoardGameGeek because it is big and sprawling. You can also check the Instagram uh, account at Roasted Games One. Um, we've got I put up six or seven pictures of uh, the setup and the models, and um, there's a shot of us actually playing. So if you want to kind of get an idea of the scale there, it is monstrous. Uh, it is basically Alien, the board game. Um, there are uh, you you wake up in a cryogenic chamber uh, with your buddies, and the ship is sort of just floating in space. Uh, could have broken down engines, could not. Um, could be set to go to the moon. It could be set to go to a sun. It could be <laughs> set to go to Earth. You never know. I mean, it could be going anywhere. Um, you don't know what coordinates are programmed in there. You kind of have selective amnesia, so you don't really know the full, even the layout of the ship. Yeah. Um, yeah. You but fit, there. Why, why was that again? Is it because cryo sleep? Are you got yeah, woken up at the wrong time? You got, yeah. And then, you so got you have amnesia. Woken up, and so that you're really fuzzy on where you are, and so there's a, kind of a, an amnesiac effect. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to last a couple hours. Um, not the first, like sci-fi plot i've heard using that right um, right but so that that makes sense but, but it's a good way to explain yeah. why you can't remember what the, <laughs> the layout of the ship <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of aliens in there they're all they look like the xenomorphs from alien um they are technically not because they this is not an ip game uh but they're so close. It's looking. like Aliens franchise and the Dead Space franchise mash up a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it's uh, and it's just sprawling. So you're exploring. Everybody has different uh, powers, different unique abilities, and you're exploring the ship. And you have a you have these two goals in the beginning of of the game, and then as soon as an alien appears, you have to choose one of them to be like your ultimate goal. Um, so you. You have to make sure that the at least two out of the three engines are active. You have to send somebody to the other whole other side of the ship to make sure that the um, the ship is programmed to the right coordinates, so you're going to the right place. Um, and your your mission could be take the aliens back home uh, to Earth. It could be destroy the ship. It could be fly the ship into the sun. It could be a million other things. Um, it could be something like, Hey, research the aliens and make sure that, you know, you have all this stuff on them in the laboratory or what have you. Uh, so it's, uh, it's really, really fun game, uh, especially full co-op. Um, before I go into the other mode, if there's anything else you wanted to say about it. Um, yeah, no, I just, it was really one, how this is one of the most thematic experience 
is I've had in a long time. And like, there's a lot of great games you can really get into it. But for whatever reason, Nemesis, and it's not perfect by any means. There's some flaws and some things that we talked about afterwards that we would adjust or change. But the way you can interact with the game and each other and the game interacts back with you is really, really, uh, it draws you in <laughs> very intensely. And so you just have these sort of accidental coincidences that even double down on your immersion into the game um, that just sort of happened with a game like that. So we had like just theatrical set piece, especially the ending, which we'll get to, but theatrical yeah. set pieces where things are happening. And one of the best things that it does is it incorporates... There's a couple of uh, very clear influences from other games that are done really well. And one of the biggest ones is Clank. You make noise in this game by running around, and it's kind of a Clank-style method where you um, you roll the dice, basically, to figure out which hallway you heard a noise from. And if you hear too much noise there, then an alien pops up because it's, uh, it's tracking you. But uh, that Clank effect, I really love that Clank effect of just making noise while you're running around. And so to use it there in the way they did it, it just makes it feel so much more tense because you can you can you can blow a couple cards to make sure you just sneak around but your cards actually as you get into the game are very very useful more though so than the beginning you really start needing to isolate them and use them in specific ways and so it's like i don't want to get rid of this card i don't want to get, i'm gonna risk it i'm gonna run in real quick oh of course i rolled a three that's where the alien is and so anyway i just the, the interactivity with the board and, and the game itself is so, so theatrical and worked really, really well. Yeah, it's, uh, it is absolutely super thematic. It's long enough. I think it was probably close to three hours. Yeah. Um, so it is definitely an event game. This is, yes, absolutely. Uh, this is an experience for sure. And it's an experience we're going to talk about for a long time because of this ending, which I'll get into in a little bit. But um, we... Uh, <laughs> It sort of going on to another path here. The um, the way that this game is really intended and designed to be played is um, as a semi co op with an optional trader mechanic, traitor yeah. mechanic. Um, <laughs> One of the stockpile traders yeah, got in, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not a stock market trader. Uh, so the um, and and that from what. I have heard we haven't actually played it as that, uh, and and I kind of like semi co-ops, but in this case, it sounds like um, there's a lot of room and a lot of potential for uh, there to be um, objective, secret objectives that are at odds with each other. So you hear a lot of okay, we got done playing this game for three hours. I think we're going to Earth to bring back the Xenomorph. And all of a sudden, um, the ship flies into the sun because that was the objective of the guy who went to the the cockpit to set the coordinates. Right. And we trusted him, and I thought that's what he was doing. Yeah. And you know what? I lost the game, but I lost the game because... I lost the game. <laughs> Musical interlude. <laughs> I lost the game, but I lost the game because... Uh, of nothing that I did. And and I, I feel like if you're going to do that in an hour and a half game, okay, uh, fine. But if you're going to do that in a three-hour game, like I'm going to feel ripped off. Like I'm going to feel like I should have done something, but there's nothing right. I could have done. Nothing you, could, you couldn't figure it out, yeah. And that kind of frustration is not really what I'm 
looking for in a big experience game like that. If I if it's gonna be if it's that long and that big, I I would kind of rather us all win together, uh, lose together, or fight each other. Yeah. Um, a game like uh, and people would say, well, but you like Battlestar Galactica, but that's not really the same thing. You know, going in, there are two sides. Right. You know, and you know somebody is actively Cyloning. So that's like part of your strategy and part of your plan. There is something you can do. There are things you can do to even the odds and make your chances better and, and work towards that goal as either a human or a Cylon. Um, it, it just sounds like in Nemesis, it, in this semi, semi-co-op, that uh, you just you can't you can lose by doing nothing wrong and and i don't agree with that and plus it plays so well as a full co-op it was magical yeah it was so good yeah i totally agree with that i don't know how i don't think this would be that fun it would just be infuriating if someone is trying to undercut you because we barely and all of us didn't survive we the people who did barely got off um it was very perfect in what it set out to be of making this a tense experience that slowly gets more and more and more tense and tense and tense and terrifying and uh you're you're like oh we're gonna make it and <clears throat> to have someone at the last minute we go just kidding no one's gonna make it for no reason Listen. this whole time i've been a crazy <laughs> person and then you're like damn it there's Aww. just it's just i mean it might feel appropriate to maybe some sci-fi themes and movies but it just would be infuriating for a gameplay and i yeah i'm really glad we didn't even i don't i don't have no interest in even trying it no, it just I, doesn't I seem like it's needed not at all. Yeah, I I agree. And um but before we get into how it ended, which I am super excited to talk <laughs> about. Um I I'm going to I'm going to just mention it is not a perfect game. Yes. Uh, it is exceptionally fiddly. There are a lot of little pieces here and there like so many different things happen that there are things that get forgotten. Oh, shoot, last turn I was supposed to have done that. Oh, we never turned that thing up and we never moved that track and we or we never flipped that card or oh did we resolve both of those things it uh, and and so there there is a lot to it and so i i will say um the theme makes up for it the action the uh excitement the tension that it it brings uh does make up for a lot of that and did we play every single rule exactly the way it was supposed to be? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> um, I I don't I can't imagine that we could have. I'm not sure anyone ever has. Uh, but it was enough. It was a, a good enough structure that yeah. it it really made for a memorable experience. This isn't a game I would want to play over and over again. It's not a yeah. game I would want to play once a week or once a month. Uh, I would probably want to play this game a couple times a year. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think each time we play it, it would be radically different, and we would remember each time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I totally just don't agree with all of that. I've, it's intense, and um, even with the fiddliness, though, I will say that there is the ability to really play to your character. I was, I became the coward <laughs> towards the end because I just. Uh, different characters start with different weapons to fight aliens, and even though they're effective, they're just not very useful. Uh, they have like a couple uses, so I had like a two-use, two-round shotgun. Uh, and the times I did hit them, I did a lot of damage, but then I had the only option to either search for more bullets, which is kind of a waste at the time, or uh, run up and punch them, which um, 
uh, we'll get to this later, I thought at the time was a totally ridiculous solution to my problem. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Apparently it was not in an epic way. But uh, but that didn't make sense. So I would just like a couple times I'd be like, all right, you've got more guns and you're a bigger guy. You're more of a fighter. See ya. I'm running away to get some carcasses to take to the lab. And so I'd run away. And I still had fun doing that because it made sense to the theme that I would try to slip through the alien's legs and <laughs> run out the door. And when you run away, they do get a uh, opportunity attack on you. Um, but it's better than what they would probably do to you if they straight up hit you and you tried to uh, fist fight them. So anyway, I, I thought it was fun to play to my character's um, strengths or lack thereof, if you want to term it that way, and um, kind of just be running away. My whole thing was running away from around the ship until I maybe could run into some uh, ammo in an easier way and not waste time with it. So I did feel that way. But once again, I kind of wonder if that is the fact that we were playing a little bit loose with the rules or... You know, we're all experienced gamers of games of the sides too, so we kind of played. I don't know, maybe we, because I'd like to know exactly what we changed or. I don't think we, a little bit. I don't think we missed anything big. Yeah, I, I, think I don't that, think so either. I think that it was, if anything, it was like, oh, one round, maybe this counter didn't move, or maybe, uh, some something tiny, tiny, really insignificant, but not something that would pull you out of the theme. Yeah, uh, or something that would break the game or anything like that. Um. So I'm ready for story time. So um, yeah, <laughs> this is really exciting. So to kind of set it up, um, there are cards that you can get when you fight with these aliens. Um, cards, uh, these contamination cards, and they have this like fuzzy background on them, uh, so that you can't see uh, what it says until you put it into one of these card readers. And so you could either be infected or not infected. Right. But if you escape and turns out you were infected, chest burster, you're screwed. You lose. Infected your race, entire human race. Good job, jerk. So me and Kaz uh, both had infection cards. We had uh, these contamination cards. And we are, uh, we have to make it kind of across the other side of the ship to the surgery center in order to, I guess, have surgery on ourselves to remove these. <laughs> yeah, these... I think the Prometheus scene of uh, that surgery containment unit, you know, that's what I was right. thinking of. So, uh, and in the meantime, Jeff died. Uh, yeah, Jeff is... Unceremoniously. So there's five of us. <laughs> Jeff has died, and his corpse... And what's actually really great about this game is there's actually minis for the corpses. Because when you wake up... Whatever player is not there, you find their corpse in the room and can take it to be examined. So Jeff's corpse is lying on the game board, and we can see him, and it's remembering all of our fond memories of Jeff and our experiences with him. He's dead. Uh, the other two people have uh, gotten on an escape pod and have launched themselves into space and are kind of like probably looking back at the ship, wondering, waiting for us to launch. So we're sprinting through the ship to get to surgery, to get this infection resolved, and then we need to get to an escape pod. And this is a timed round game, so the timing is going... We only have so many rounds to do this, and it's going to be really yeah, close. we're badly running out of time. It's where it, like... Because uh, the ship's just going to explode. Yeah. So we, we get there. We do our surgery. Uh, turns out we were both infected. Uh, so we, we got rid of the, in, uh, the contamination cards and we're racing to go. We've got like one and a half, like one turn, one or two turns to get uh, a couple places away to get into these And pods. we were so satisfied Escape to get the pods. surgery done. Like we were patting ourselves oh, yeah. on the back because to get there, there were aliens in the way. We had to go around them and avoid them and then get in there and then we had to kill one. And we get in there and we're like, ah, ah, all right, you go first. And then we test each other and we're good. And we're like, yes, nothing can stop us now. <laughs> yeah. So we so we run to the escape pod room. And unfortunately, 
we make too much noise. <laughs> right. So an alien Are pops- high-fiving each other the whole time <laughs> with drawing attention. <laughs> an alien pops in to the escape pod room, and I'm out of ammo. Um, Kaz is out of ammo. So uh, this alien, uh, or no, I had some ammo. I did a, a, some damage to it, uh, like one or two damage to it. And it didn't die because it has this card flip mechanism where you don't know what the hit points of the alien yeah, is. Yeah, really cool mechanism. Um, yeah, it, so it varies, uh, which is really adds a lot of suspense to it. So um, we're sitting there, and it is literally the last turn. Like it, I have like my four actions that I can do or whatever, <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'm gonna punch it, and they're like what <laughs> we're like Pun- okay I'm like, I'm like yeah i'm gonna punch it so i i land a punch i do a damage i also get a contamination card so I'm right like, well shit. when you physically interact with them they, they so, sting you or something and so it goes into my deck and uh it does one damage and i have to uh of the cards that you can flip there's two three four five six and i think seven is there seven six maybe maybe it's just, just six. six so i'm like okay I have to pull either a two or a three out of two through six. And there's not, seems there's not a lot of those. There's not a lot. So I pulled a two and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So I punched and killed this alien with my bare hands. Very epic. Run into the escape pod. It's Kaz's turn. He fails his noise roll and another alien pops (laughs) in and kills him. Immediately, yeah. So I had, yeah, Bill runs this epic running Super Saiyan to the jaw, knocks the head off the alien, and I'm just standing there with my mouth open as he runs in the escape pod, shuts the door. I have to activate my own pod, and that makes noise, which brings another alien in. And I and I could have this could have been avoided. Like if I had rolled better, the aliens just would have heard me, but wouldn't have made it in time. But nope. Apparently, I was really like jamming on those levers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> pre-celebrating and right as i run towards it he drops right in front of me and i just don't have the uh actions to kill there's no like i'm out of ammo this time and there's no way i could punch him like because he yeah he's, he's not even hurt so even if i did punch him he's got so much health there's nothing i could do yeah so this the timer runs down bill's pod launches automatically i literally on the last action last second literally yeah no more time left nothing can happen the ship is exploding around me as bill launches into space and i'm banging on the porthole door um, just for a second just for then a second then i'm gone blood yeah yeah then we the alien and i have a moment and we all we die together and we <laughs> we, we uh yeah we're immemorialized yes and and that's when i realize oh wait i have a contamination card right in my deck he may be in oh no i could actually not have made it so i test very Gets very tensely get the reader out safe bill wins <sighs> and i i think well i think i was infected wasn't i you were not you weren't infected oh no uh, i wasn't in the second no, time okay so time. i could have made it off if i made it off i would have been fine too but that was so fun to remember when you remembered you had that card because it was like oh you made it that's great that's great but wait yeah, it's it was, like that scene in was, every scary yeah, movie it was such where, a postscript of a bill yeah, film yeah where everybody breathes a sigh of relief and they're like Oh shit, oh, is the no. killer in the car? Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> so. was really really fun and, and thematic ending. Um so yeah, and this and I don't know, I can't it was such a fun time. It was such a hilarious hilarious turn of events and like so tense every draw of the card, every dice roll was so tense 
And then even though I died, it was really fun to have the experience of that tension, 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 tension of my death. And you could just see it being filmed, though. No. It was like the perfect scene. It's like we wrote the ending of a movie there. Yeah. Or recaptured an ending of a movie. Yeah. So it's, uh, so as far as that goes, this was one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. Um, this yeah, is certainly likewise. not one of the best games I've ever played, uh, but it, it is probably in my top five gaming experiences of all time so yeah. i i really really enjoyed this playthrough uh i'm interested in playing it again um just to sort of see what other avenues it can take what other paths we can go down because um, there's going to be the, the the layout of the ship is different in every single uh in every game so you could end up with rooms in completely different places with different amounts of um of stuff that you can find in there with uh, some rooms could end up broken, like malfunction, so you'd have to fix them. And so that the things could have played out a lot differently based on that. But uh, overall, I was very pleased with Nemesis. Yeah, likewise. Um, the, some of the things that did take you out, though, a little bit, like I, I really want to play this game again. Uh, and it's just a minor thing, but it does suffer from that thing we were, talk- we were talking about this before we recorded about the miniatures being seemingly designed separately and then they show them the game and they're like, oh, these are weirdly sized for this. There's a weird size difference where there's different levels. Like think aliens, there's the facehugger aliens, then there's the adult aliens, and then there's like the mega aliens, the the queen, queen and then the, uh, the what's breeder. breeder, yeah. And so I don't know how you would fit the queen on the board in a space at all with any room you, for anyone around it. No, like, you can't. And that's the thing is some of these miniatures are so gigantic, like they don't fit in these rooms. So yeah, you, you kind of, that, that takes you out a little because like the queen is sort of halfway standing between a room and the hall or something or just blank void space. Yeah. And so you're like, well, yeah, it can take you out a little bit as far as that goes. I wish they'd uh, done a little better uh, with the scale there, but uh, but the gigantic miniatures are amazing. They're really fun, and they're I'd, beautiful sculpts. And, and yeah, they're beautiful. They, they help. They they also add to the to the theme, and they really do. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they had that conversation of like, do we want to make them smaller? Well, that would lessen their impact, and you know, and and it, it's a minor complaint. And honestly, it did add something to have these like epic yeah minis chasing you because most of the mostly you're going to run into the adults which are fairly bigger than themselves and because yeah, even the regular adults are still like double plus the size of a, a person so yeah, you're sitting there yeah. and and you're in front of them and you're coming up to like their mid thigh you know and you're just like the sheer scale of what you're looking at uh makes it all the more probable that i would punch one to death <laughs> no, it makes it even more comical also... that that worked <laughs> So you punched it in the balls or something? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, there's some Achilles heel in their knee or something like that. Their their knees are the weak points. A horrible evolutionary design. (laughs) Yeah. So and and uh, honestly, there there are we didn't mention this, but there are other alien races as well uh, that do different things uh, that come in expansions. Uh, Aaron has them; he got them off the Kickstarter. So uh, it may be interesting to try and play uh, a different race at some point, just to see how differently that plays uh whether the the feeling the tension the suspense the sheer like horror of it really uh yeah that's a great game for halloween huh super great game yeah and i didn't even think about that yeah it works really well for halloween i mean it's it literally if if you want if you like the movie aliens um probably closer to that because there's more combat than alien but uh, if you like movie aliens then uh, this game is like pretty amazing representation of 
of that movie, despite its uh, minor flaws. So, oh, also we had these weird <laughs> uh, part of that. Like I was saying before about these weird quirks that pop up when you're trying to play a game like this and create ambiance. We Aaron has uh, Alexa, oh, and he kept trying to play. <laughs> the, he kept trying to play uh, space soundtrack music, like the soundtrack to Aliens or soundtrack to Space. But for some reason, Alexa understood all of those requests as display in the meantime by Space, space Hog, yeah. and so we'd be playing. We'd be playing, and, and we'd get this really great point this tense point and a couple times it worked out hilariously with the beats of what was happening in the game and he'd be like alexa play the soundtrack to alien and then boom space hog blasts over the speakers across the whole ship and you just envision everyone in the ship going like what the hell <laughs> it's a lot of noise <laughs> so it kind of worked actually <laughs> but uh but anyway so there's just one of those things that happens with long games you get these weird hilarious quirks that are inadvertent and um just sort of add to the fun stories to tell about it but yeah anyway Hard to purchase. I don't think it's on Kickstarter anymore. That was a couple of years ago, actually. It came out, but um, but if you can find someone to play with or someone who has it, definitely. It was twenty eighteen. Was it twenty eighteen? Um, so it was twenty nineteen. I thought it was earlier than that, but maybe I'm thinking of. Uh, oh no, yeah, you're right. Twenty nineteen. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say. I think it was pretty pretty recently. You can you can pick it up at Miniature Market. It's one hundred and twenty bucks. Um, you find it on eBay here for six hundred. Um, there's a pre-order game nerds for 120. Seems 120 is about Boardlandia is 120, uh, so it seems like just about everywhere you can go. It's uh, it's 120 bucks. Uh, and that's and about yeah, super worth about it. Right for that type of game, yeah, and it, worth it because it's so big and expansive, yeah, and and the models, just, even the miniatures alone, are worth 120 bucks. Like yeah. you can't go out and buy if you're into minis, minis like, like that, this. Yeah. If you're into they're, minis, they're very well done. Uh, you can't buy. These for if you're also bucks. someone who likes to paint them, they're a really nice size for painting because they're oversized and would be easy to paint um, or easy to, you know, not a lot of tiny details yeah, <clears throat> or overwhelmingly tiny details. So, yeah, I, it's, I think that's fair for this type of game. That's a bright right in the right in the right price point. So, yeah, check it out. Nemesis. Yep. All right. Let's move on to some recommendations. Uh, we are going to continue our recommendations for Halloween or spooky fall games to play. And uh, we're going to do the same thing we did last time with a couple um, recommendations of good games and then kind of our pick for this round of recommendations as the highlight. Yes. All right. Do you want to go first? I will go first. Um, so this is uh, one of my probably top 25 favorite games. Uh, and it's super thematic, and I enjoy it a lot. Uh, no one will play it with me it's at uh, Game Group because of a whole other deal, but that is Zombicide. <laughs> so uh, if you are unfamiliar with Zombicide, it is a mini game. There are a lot of miniatures running around. Uh, it's a different setup. It's campaign-based, uh, scenario-based, so you uh, have different scenarios, short ones, medium ones, long ones, uh, depending on what you're kind of looking to get into. And uh, they all have different objectives, usually involving killing zombies. Um, and it's just this, like, really, uh, like, grindhouse kind of style in that, like, all of the characters are just, like, these these caricatures of, you know, action movie and horror movie <laughs> stuff. I mean, there's just... Uh, it's it it's really cool. You're you're very you're pretty powerful. Um, 
as you get more powerful, you uh, use different colors of zombies, so different cards. So um, the reason nobody will play with me is because I like to kill zombies, and I think this game's about killing zombies. And the last game I played with a bunch of people, they're like, let's run away from the zombies. And I'm like, well, <laughs> no, let's go fight the zombies. So I went and fought the zombies, killed a bunch of zombies. I got up to like super high level, which the zombies that come out are based on the highest level character out there. And so, of course, now all the like hordes and hordes of really bad zombies are coming out, which I'm fine with. <laughs> but everyone else is still at level one because they're all running away. And they all got mad at <laughs> <Ravaged>. me. <laughs> they all got mad at me because, yeah, they just got destroyed. And I'm like, guys, just fight zombies. <laughs> like literally this game is, it should be called Fight Zombies. <laughs> yeah. But they were more clever than that. I mean, that. it kind of is. It's about murdering zombies, yeah. so zombicide. They, they, they called it zombicide because they're more clever than, you know, murder zombies. <laughs> but um, that's what it should be called. So um, it's, it's very thematic. You really feel like you are on the run from zombies. Uh, the, the miniatures are really nice, and they're, they just come in waves. And you, you really get that feeling of... Uh, potentially being overwhelmed and this this suspense of of you know what's where are they going to come from next how many are there going to be you know what's going to be in my way what about when i enter this room are there going to be a bunch of them like there's, there's just always this this tension um that it, this game would be perfect to be played on uh, an evening before Halloween, if every if everyone's dressed up, it would be fun. You yeah, know? yeah, it's kind of dim light, and everyone's just going to town. You know, this it's it's fun and suspenseful, but it's not like it's not like weird, creepy, yeah, scary. Yeah, you know, just like a, uh, it's just it's like fun, scary. It's like being in the time. living. Yeah, it's like being a living dead or an old, uh, uh, yeah, an old like seventies or eighties. Uh, horror movie with zombies it's uh it's a lot of fun uh pretty easy to pick up on it's not very fiddly or anything like that so um that's zombicide nice um mine is a uh kind of a uh just card game um when this came out it was very unique because it does plastic cards that you overlay on top of each other and they do different things and that is gloom I really like Gloom. I I, uh, I still think it holds up pretty well. It's a very unique game design. And um, it, the premise of Gloom is you are representing a family of just the worst people ever. <laughs> They're just terrible, yes. terrible people. And you want them to die. <laughs> but you want them to suffer indignities before they die because they deserve it. They're horrible, horrible people. And so you're trying to... It's a funny premise because you're trying to make your people sad and everyone else's people happier or at least content um, to offset their own plans. And then you're trying to kill them off and, um, you know, the cards stack on top of each other and they have symbols that sort of um, activate and refer to different things. But then their level of unhappiness is listed by these cards. And so cards will come off and on to player or characters as you're playing. And it's just a funny, fun, um, really good. The the humor in this game is very well written and, and designed. And um, the theme, even though that sounds probably really dark, <laughs> the theme is is like it's it's like if Tim Burton designed the art for a game. It's like gothic, um, ink sketch gothic style. You could call this Tim Burton the game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and you'd get a vibe for exactly it, yeah what you're getting. It's a strong hint of every single movie of his: Beetlejuice and um, Coraline. <laughs> Coraline, and, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So uh, Frank and Weenie even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank and Weenie especially, actually. Um, so yeah, I just like Gloom a lot. It's a fun and silly game, but it really ties very well to uh, the spooky time of year and when you're kind of probably more up for darker themes with a very dark comic comedic bent to it. Um, it, uh, it plays well. The one thing I will say is the fact that it is in plastic cards, and that is cool. But my experience with Gloom is when you get a new package of Gloom, air those cards out before you play They it. don't smell good. Because they stink so bad. That just extruded plastic smell is very strong when you open it up, but it fades. Yeah. Um, I have played Gloom a handful of times, probably five or six times. Uh, it has been unbelievably hit or miss for me. Yeah. Uh, I have probably really enjoyed, say six times, I probably really enjoyed it three times and sort of wished it would end the other three. Um, it really, I never quite know, and I don't know if it's the people I play with, because I've never played with the same people twice, or if it's uh, or, or if it's the cards I'm getting, or if it's just the way the game goes. Determine. I, I haven't really figured that out. I don't dislike Gloom. Sure. Um, I don't think I would ever be like, hey, guys, you know what we should play right now is Gloom, Right. if that makes sense. So. Yeah, no, but I think it's that's a good fair. game. It, it's a good game. It's very innovative, and the uh, the idea of having like the clear cards that overlay each other and stack that way, so that uh, it is really, really neat. Yeah, I haven't seen that anywhere else. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I've had up and down plays with Gloom. Overall, I've had great experiences, but there's definitely. Um, it's been a while though since I've had a bad one. I think I'm trying to remember what the deal was. I think it just like lagged. There was like a a lull where things it kind of got, we kind of got to a situation where there just wasn't much going on or there's a, the player, the powers are too evenly matched or the abilities are too evenly matched or the strategies were too evenly matched. And so we kept a couple of players kept doing the same thing back and forth. Um, but yeah, it eventually can, like, breaks out of it. Undo stuff for other people. So it's like, I do, you undo and yeah. I do. And then you get rid I think of they that. just happened to have those cards in hand. So when, for a couple of rounds, it was like that, and, Yeah, <laughs> but that's short lived. And, it does bust out of it. So, yeah, I would very much recommend it. It's, uh, it's still available. You can pick it up in a lot of places, your local game store, online, and um, it's got some expansions. I, I don't, I've never played the expansions, but I would uh, I would recommend the game uh, in the base game just by itself. Okay. Um, the next honorable mention that I have is a game that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and that is Ghost Stories. <laughs> Ghost Stories is really hard. It's cooperative. Um, it's it's fun and thematic. It's uh, but it, it's hard. It's really really hard. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever won it. I've maybe played it between five and ten times, so not a ton. Um, it is very soloable. It's very popular in the solo gamer world. Um, you can adjust the difficulty levels within it as well. Um, you can also play it fully co-op with, uh, I think it goes up to four, four or five, something like that. Um, but it, uh, it scales really well, plays at all different player counts. Um, it is, it's, it's fun and thematic. It's, it's that kind of fits the theme really well. Um, if you're looking for a challenge, in your games, this is this is the one because there's uh, people. I'll go on Twitter and there somebody in their bio will be like, "I've beaten Ghost Stories," <laughs> and you're like, "Wow, damn, huh, I, I haven't." Um, so 
yeah, it's it's really really difficult, but uh, but it's it's fun. The gameplay is fun. The gameplay is is innovative. It's a not a real new game, so it's uh, it obviously isn't as innovative as it once was, but um, definitely worth a check if you're looking for a spooky game to play at this time of year. Nice. I've never played it actually. I, it's one that I just thought for whatever reason just kept missing opportunities and it's still around and people still like you said it's still got this lore to it yeah that it's one of the most hardest games to play but still very much loved beloved by the gaming community for um the game that it is and i still see it whenever i go to game stores it's very much on the shelves still oh yeah and still super popular i think it's yeah. still pretty highly rated on uh board game geek yeah so i think it's uh overall it's number 231 uh, and in the thematic category, it's 73, which if you're in the top thousand anymore, you are almost a household name. Um, right, right. So, yeah. Uh, it's been around since 2008. So it's it's yeah. 11 years old. It's and, getting uh, into classic territory. Yeah, classic still, still holding strong. But uh, that is uh, Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories. <coughs> Okay, my next one is um, one I just I I was kind of going back and forth to mention because I figure we've kind of t- covered the topic already, but I definitely feel like I enjoy it enough, and it's fun to play around this time of year. And that is Arkham Horror the LCG. We we talked about Arkham Horror the Third Edition, and I think that's probably a better choice. But why I like the LCG is it's a little easier to get to the table. It's a lot easier to get to the table. And um, it's a really fun game if you can get together a, t- a group of people to kind of um, uh, build some characters or at least use the pre-built decks. Those are still very fun to play with and, uh, and jump to around to scenarios. And one of the reasons why is it gives you a lot of options for scenarios to, uh, to choose from. Um, my suggestion with Arkham Horror LCG would be to, if you're looking to buy and you're interested, grab the base game and play that. Um, and then try to find a play group that plays in your area. They're, in my experience, they're they're really welcoming. It's a great culture, as opposed to like other groups like Magic or um, Netrunner. It was those are can be welcoming, but I think for whatever reason, Arkham Horror. <laughs> Arkham, is Horror much is, Arkham Horror is not a bunch of raging 12-year-olds. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the, yeah, the stigma Typically. of magic. But uh, but it's more because it's a co-op experience, and so you're trying to work together and fight to, and then battle this uh, scenario together. You have to be cooperative, obviously. Uh, and it does take quarterbacking out of the, uh, out of the possibilities to a degree because your deck is your own and your options are going to change on your turn, and you can help the the team of course you're going to want to but you also have a lot of options to do your own thing as well in uh conjunction with helping your team so i just find it a very satisfying game to get into that spooky weird arkham horror world um but also have a little bit more individual agency on what my character is going to do and i just really really enjoyed it my friend kevin we've talked about before got me into the game and i haven't played the game actually in a bit but we used to play fairly regularly and i kind of miss it and so i'm hoping to jump back into it and um that would be my suggestion is to try to pick up the base game and then from there if you do like it you can pick and choose these expansions because it doesn't really matter what order you do them in they 
it's more of your interest. So there's one that's based in Egypt, one that's more about this traveling circus that there's weird things happen. And you're trying to track it down. There's one that takes place completely on a train as you're running through this train. Things are happening. So there's really cool takes on storyline and exploring the storyline through the game. Um, the one downside I would say is that with the base game, it is only a two-player game. So until you find someone else... Um, who has the ability to build the decks with the cards that you need from the base game, or you buy two of the base games, you're going to be playing a two-player game. I don't think that's too bad because it allows you to try it first, mm-hmm. excuse me, and then kind of go from there. And I still think the base game has a lot of replayability, um, to a degree, I should say, because you're going to eventually get tired of those scenarios, but you're going to reuse those cards um, a lot if you continue to play. So, Yeah, I have the base game, and I have... I have- Four or five of the little scenario, the expansion packs, but I have never opened them. So, but I played the the base game several times, and I've played uh, some scenarios at Kevin's with you at the game store with yeah. you and Kevin. And a they whole do bunch these of other things, randos. But. What are they? What are, do you remember? What they're called the game store ones. It's like it's not the sum. It's like the um. There's a name for them when they do like uh expansion pack releases. Um, God, it's not, it's not like a summoning. It's like there's within the game world of our community of Arkham Horror LCG, there's some sort of name and Kevin, I'm sure is screaming it at his speakers right now. Um, and I, yeah, I wish I could remember the name. We it's, should edit this it's, out. it's the tip of my tongue, <laughs> but basically what happens is when a new, uh, a new, um, pack comes out, um, or a new run of uh, expansion comes out, they will have like a scheduled event where it's you can like go a release and, party. Yeah. I you can go and play. And usually a lot of times in my experience, at least maybe this is not normal, but it seemed to be happening every time I went to one, there is some sort of bundle that uh, fantasy flight has been uh, selling to game stores to resell, which is like a play mat and the expansion yeah. cards you need. And you can sell like 10 bucks. And so you can buy that or you can spend just a few bucks on the cards themselves. And so it's these little fun little events that keep the community coming back together in um, in these game stores and, and it's, it's been a really fun experience when I've gone to them so that's one of the cool things about the culture of Arkham Horror LCG yeah it does have a really good community agreed so all right that's my number two okay so time for my final recommendation this is my this is a big one this is one that uh, the game isn't that big um, but this is one that uh, I have been playing several times here recently and have really really enjoyed uh i don't think this has come up on what we've played but i think that's on purpose because i want to talk about it right now and that is dead man's cabal Uh by pandasaurus games uh this game is badass um it is uh it's the premise is kind of doofy uh you're all necromancers and uh, you're you don't have any friends or anything because you're a necromancer, and so you're <laughs> you decide that you're all gonna have this uh, this dinner party, but uh, since nobody has any friends, then there's this like secret contest between you guys to reanimate um, the most friends because you're necromancers, so you you bring in people back to life, and whoever brings the most best people back to life wins the contest and that premise is kind of (laughs) kind of silly it's super silly um the game itself uh is has two uh the art is uh is kind of split in that the actual game itself is uh is 
pretty serious looking and legit spooky and dark and demonic and that kind of thing. And then the cards, the, the cards that you reanimate, the people that you bring back to life, are these fun caricature zombies of like Will Smith and like um, <laughs> and Kurt Cobain and uh, the dude. And so there, it's it's hilarious to see this kind of contrast in that it's almost looks like a super serious game, but then sort of has this fun vibe because of the actual theme and because of these uh, these reanimated characters. Uh, but it plays really really well. Um, it has these fantastic, uh, fantastically done plastic skulls that you pull out of a bag. So it's like a uh, so you're pulling skulls out of a bag to take actions on their different colors, and uh, so the action, the the colors that you turn in determine uh, other things that you do. Um, so like a red skull, you do this one action. If you turn in a black skull, you do this other action, and um, there are no bad choices. I don't feel like there's no bad actions. There's uh, and it keeps it keeps you engaged. It, it does. It's one of those great games where you don't have to sit around and wait for people to take their turn. Sure. Everybody on your turn, you get a uh, private action that you do real quick, and then there's a public action on your turn that everybody gets to do. Okay. So on everybody's turn you're still doing something and you're doing something big and everything you do gets you stuff, gets you a lot of stuff. So you really feel like you're progressing every time you do anything. Um, there's nothing where you're like, oh, I've got to do this action 50 times before I can get anywhere. <laughs> like every time you do something, you just did, all of a sudden now you have new possibilities when it's your turn or when the next public action happens. So you're always engaged. I like the kind of almost simultaneous action uh, I love that when games do that because I I hate playing games with people who by the time it comes around to them they're like oh I wasn't even paying attention to what yeah. was going on what what's yeah. what's happening nobody's getting up and wandering around during Dead Man's Cabal. Um it's quick enough uh, it's the box says an hour I haven't gotten a four player game done in less than an hour and a half but all the games that I've played of it has been at least two other people who've never played it. Oh, interesting. So it's always been a learning game for at least somebody. So, But I bet you could get a three or four player game down to close to an hour. Hmm. Um, so it's not, it doesn't take a super long time. Uh, the, the, another fun thing is that it's, uh, you don't know who's winning right off the bat because there are several different scoring mechanisms. Um, so there's always that that at the end where everybody holds their breath and holds up the calculator <laughs> on their phone and you're like, Yeah, I love that. I love those games. Yeah. So it's you don't ever feel like there's a runaway winner. You don't ever feel like, oh, I'm not even in this. Right. I mean there's and there's always good choices. There's always things to do. It's uh these big chunky skulls are fun to play with. They they also another currency in the game are these bones, these plastic like femur bones uh, that are just super fun and tactile and just the the way the boards are laid out you can you can situate them and there's different boards so you can kind of situate them any which way you want and there's so many just different things and such fun choices and I I just I, I feel like I've played this game now probably four or five times and I feel like I have I have never 
I, I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of yeah. what there <laughs> what there is to this. And I, uh, it is fairly easy to teach. Um, it's it's very straightforward, in that you just kind of lay out. Okay, here's the in. Here's what you're going for, and here's all the different things you can do, and then here's how you can trigger those things, and then that's it. So it's it's reasonably easy to teach, and especially once it goes around for a round or two, uh, usually everybody 100% gets it. Uh, so that's Dead Man's Cabal by Pandasaurus Games. Nice. Have you, have you yeah. played this? Not yet. I um, I kept having to miss game night uh, recently. I haven't had a few times I have to miss, and so I'm excited to jump into it, though. And uh, ooh, I really want to play it because <laughs> we've talked about it before, and every time we talk about it, I'm like, I want to play that game so bad. It is so much fun. I really, really enjoy it. Um, all right. My final recommendation, this is my, um, um, I don't know, I guess my big one <laughs> is a game called uh, Fury of Dracula. So... This is a game I um, I actually haven't played in a while, but it's been on my mind lately, and I'm hoping to get a play in soon. Uh, Fear of Dracula was actually out of print for a while, and it was hard to get. And then a few years ago, they did do a reprint, and they kept printing it. And so now it is. You can buy it in a lot of places. I see it around a lot, and I'm glad because it is a really good game. It is a hidden movement game. And uh, it's similar to the vein of like Whitechapel or um, yeah, I've heard uh, Scotland compared, Yard. I've heard yeah. it compared to Letters from Whitechapel a lot. Yeah, so. similar in, in feel in that you're chasing this this person around. Uh, it's longer than the Whitechapel. Yes, thing, it's uh, it's a two hour easily a two hour game, yeah. um, and uh, kind of but also kind of also elements of like. Um, uh, not Arkham Horror. What's the other one? Eldritch, Eldritch Horror, where you're kind of globe trotting, and um, so there's similar elements to that too. <coughs> but it's just a really fun, satisfying game where you know someone's uh, Dracula, you're tracing Dracula, or someone is is Dracula traipsing around the board, and they are trying to do what Dracula does, and you are trying to track them down, and you're trying to explore and find clues, and there's this there's this timing of his, he's getting stronger, and anyway, it's just there's so many great elements. It's a very satisfying experience over a course of time and just very meaty and i uh I, so it's kind of that that co-op element is there plus the one vl element is there um, which i love in a lot of games like that so anyway i just wanted to recommend this one because i think it's it, you can get your hands on it today and it's very much worth the buy it's probably not a game you're going to play a ton but if you can play it a few times a year or even just a few times in a certain part of year like this time of year it's so fun to play and i would highly highly recommend it I've heard wonderful things about it, for sure. So yeah, I I thought about putting Whitechapel in my list. Whitechapel is um, good too. Yeah, just Dracula is a little more spooky, um, and, Transylvania-ish yeah. feel, you know. And Whitechapel can end quick. Sure. Or it can go on forever. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, so yeah, um, I would like to try it as well. At some oh, point. also invocation. So if Kevin can mm-hmm. stop yelling at me over the <laughs> or or if, uh, invocation is what those arkham horror lcg meetups are called they're called invocations and they do invocation release parties and they're really fun so if you're interested at all check them out there's usually a list of them in your game stores um or in my experience um uh, someone just decided to do one at a game store i'm not sure how they got the kits 
but I'm assuming it's a pretty straightforward process that you can yeah. arrange with your game store, and uh, they're really fun to engage with the game that way. Find yourself a, a nerdy Kevin. Right, find your Kevin. And he'll probably be uh, an Arkham Horror LCG player, and just <laughs> follow him around until he goes to a game store. Bam. Right. Problem solved. Yeah. And don't tell him why you're following him around until he goes to the game store. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then confront him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, going back to that one, I definitely would, because it's a really fun uh, community experience, uh, those invocations. So, all right. And that's our list, right? That That is our list. I wanted to mention right before we go, um, I know there's probably lots of people saying, well, what about Mansions of Madness, second edition? Because it's so popular. It's like a top 50 uh, game. And... I have it and it's still in shrink wrap and I've had it for years and it's still in shrink wrap and I hope to it will be on next year's list because it is on my list to play uh, over the course of the next year. So um, it, it was only not mentioned because uh, I have not played it. Yes, I have not either, but uh, we will. We are very looking forward to that. Uh, but we have so many games we need to play, so <laughs> we're sure actually we'll get to play, but probably not in time to to do it before the end of the month or anything. No, I'm I'm, I'm aiming for next year. Yeah. So yeah, next uh, next for October. <laughs> spring release for our spring recommendations, Mansions of Madness. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us. Thank you guys for listening. And as usual, uh, let us know your thoughts. Reach out to us on um, uh, Twitter and Instagram at <coughs> Roasted oh, Games One. Sorry, this cough is killing me. Yes, at Roasted Games One. You can also go to our website at Roasted Games uh, Roasted Games, and you can go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and fill out our comment form on the Roasted Games page. Anyway, you want to do that, we'd love to hear from you. So please do that, and we will uh, be compiling our scary lists for next week. And until then, have a great weekend and game on. Game on. <laughs>